If you ever thought that animals with superpowers were the stuff of science fiction, it's time to think again. Superpowered creatures are all around us. Bugs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Notes on Headset Cinema, the podcast. I am your host, Kyle Hand, a scholar and creator of virtual reality films, and in this episode, I'll be analyzing the VR series Micro Monsters, narrated by David Attenborough and directed by Elliot Graves. The series offers the viewer intimately close encounters with a population of the world many of us have not gotten the chance to meet, bugs. I'll be analyzing it in contrast to a 2D television documentary also narrated by David Attenborough, Our Planet. This comparison of the forms will help us better understand how the creative team behind Micro Monsters exploited the unique capabilities of virtual reality to make their program, and what this says about the future of VR filmmaking. While there are three main components of Micro Monsters that expertly expose the deep and untapped potential of headset cinema, there is one main critique I have of the series, which I'll get to in the end. The first component I'll analyze really blows the lid off of the can of what's possible for headset cinema to accomplish. It's that the series wasn't even shot with a 360 degree camera. Here's a quote from the director, Elliot Graves, from a behind-the-scenes video released by Oculus. What makes Micro Monsters unique is that we've used traditional cinema 3D camera rigs that made that footage available inside virtual reality. And that means that users have the opportunity to see arthropods and all their incredible behaviors in fantastic detail. So although the footage was already shot in 3D, they had to adjust it from a rectilinear format to a spherical format. This required a massive amount of editing gymnastics, and it was a true experiment because they didn't really know how it would turn out. But the results are stunning. You see the minute details of a praying mantis as if you're looking up at a sculpture and examining its etchings. Or it's as if you're seeing an old car and appreciating its craftsmanship. They benefited from the advantages of using a cinematic camera, such as high image quality and being able to fit it inside of the bug's environments. And they enjoyed the benefits of VR by allowing the viewer to see it at a macro scale and at incredible detail. But what I find truly groundbreaking about this component of the filmmaking process is that it challenges the notion that headset cinema needs to be in 360 degrees. For example, if I am offered the experience of flying directly over a butterfly and seeing the beautiful design of its wings in motion, why would I turn around? Okay, perhaps being in the middle of a flock of butterflies would make it more immersive, but that would also make the shot unrealistic and impossible at least at the time of this recording. So this illustrates a crucial point about headset cinema. I think the crux of the experience of watching a VR film is being able to look around the frame, whether it's 180 degrees or 360 degrees. But then as a director, the goal is not to encourage your viewer to look all around aimlessly. The goal should be to allow the viewer to look with intention 
So when you place a butterfly in front of them, that is an object of attraction magnetizing the viewer's gaze. Even if it's the only thing in the frame, the viewer has the feeling that they're the one looking at it. As opposed to our planet, which determines what you look at and when, in Micro Monsters, it feels like you're looking at these insects with your own eyes. And it's all because you have the option to look away. And that option is still present whether it's 180 degrees or 360 degrees. So I say, as long as if there are compelling objects of attraction for which the viewer to gaze at with intention, I welcome 180 degree films if it means being able to see more incredible shots like these. The second component of Micro Monsters I'll analyze, which again really exposes the potential for VR, is simply seeing these tiny bugs on a macro scale. Now, I said it's simple, but I think it illustrates a massively important difference between television and the VR headset. When you're watching Our Planet and see a close-up of a flamingo, a frog, or one of those dancing colorful birds, there's no question that it's an extraordinary experience. The shot is so crisp, it's bursting with color, I love it, it's amazing. But no matter how tight of a close-up you can get on these animals, there's still a marked distance between the spectator and the television. This not only paints an invisible boundary between the viewer and the profilmic, but it also makes the spectator aware of the frame in which the profilmic is contained. Meanwhile, in VR, the spectator is only three inches away from the light flickering on the headset screen, and the frame is meant to be imperceivable. It's these features, along with 3D and head tracking, that makes a VR close-up feel like you're actually up close. In fact, a VR close-up shouldn't even be called a close-up shot. It should be called an up-close shot, because that's the only way to describe this experience. It really feels like you're so close to what's on the screen that you can reach out and touch it. Except, in this case, you probably won't want to touch the profilmic because you're positioned inches away from ants, spiders, scorpions, and this armor-plated meat-eating centipede. So, in comparison with the televisually framed Our Planet, this component of seeing the bugs in macro makes the film less concerned with the framing and composition of the bugs, and more concerned with the bugs themselves. Our Planet is like a heavy nature photography book on your coffee table, while Micro Monsters is like seeing the bugs through a pair of binoculars or a magnifying glass. Yes, binoculars and magnifying glasses still have frames, but again, the emphasis is on the bug itself and not making a pretty picture. And you know what? I've always been skeptical of the frame. Some argue that the frame is what separates art from the rest of the world, and it's what makes art art. But I argue that there's plenty of natural beauty within the real world, and the frame, or really the framer, likes to take credit for it. So, by placing the bugs right in front of you and in a macro scale, Micro Monsters places the emphasis on the beauty of the bugs themselves, rather than on the beauty of the composition.
The third component of Micro Monsters that makes great use of the VR headset cinematic possibilities is that by altering the perceived size of the bugs, they also alter the perceived size of the viewer. It's a fascinating concept, and I'd say it's best explained by the head of immersive media at Facebook, Eric Chang, pulled from the same behind-the-scenes video. MicroMonsters gives folks in VR headsets the experience of being shrunk down to the size of small insects. Ants, beetles, spiders. They see the incredible world of insects not as observers, but as participants at the same scale. Now, there are two extremely valuable bits from this quote. The first one, I'll tease out, applies to VR in general. It's that the viewer feels more like a participant in the film and less like an observer of the film. This has huge implications for VR as an empathy device, as the viewer is stripped of that physical and perceivable separation between themselves and the frame. For example, in comparison to Micro Monsters, our planet can seem like a well-curated trip to the zoo. Even though your view isn't obstructed by a fence, you're separated by your coffee table. The same is true for documentaries about people you would normally encounter. There's that same separation, that invisible boundary. When the pro filmic is across the room from you, they might as well be across the world. The apparatus of television emboldens the sense of the self as the viewer and the viewed as the other. But everything that makes virtual reality resemble reality diminishes that space between the viewer and the aesthetic object the viewer becomes closer to the object in both a physical and spiritual way. I think that the new apparatus of VR films is making all of us more aware of that invisible boundary that normally separated us from what we're seeing. Now, the second aspect of that quote that I want to tease out is the idea of shrinking the viewer down to the size of the bugs. I think that playing with perspective has some awe-striking potential that is simply unreachable by television. If they can shrink the viewer to see bugs from the perspective of another bug, maybe a director can enlarge the viewer to see things like King Kong or Godzilla. And there are a million things between Godzilla and an ant that we can see from new perspectives. And that's what's most revealing about this. It's that perspective plays a huge role in how you empathize and relate with what's being shown to you. When you see a group of ants working together to form this ant bridge from a perspective of an ant, you get a new appreciation for how intelligent they are and what their day-to-day -day lives are like. For example, what if you're shrunk down to the size of a baby or a dog? You'd see the world in a different way and perhaps empathize with that baby or dog more. I hope that my analysis of why Micro Monsters makes for such an astounding VR film will support my critique of what I find to be Micro Monsters' one major shortcoming. Throughout the series, Attenborough describes the abilities of the bugs as superpowers. Doesn't calling them superpowers make the nature documentary seem less natural? That also begs the question, why call them Micro Monsters? That makes them seem unnatural and othered when the truth is they've been developing these traits over hundreds of millions of years through evolution and that very fact is more compelling than calling them superpowers as some sort of marketing pitch to appeal to middle schoolers i don't know i would have called it 
micro-life, micro-planet. Calling it superpowers makes it all seem like a Marvel movie in which these two bugs are mortal enemies and have been plotting to kill each other for many generations. All of the amazing things these bugs do to survive are, albeit unbelievable, but that's from the human's perspective. When it comes to nature, I think we should have reverence for what we don't understand, not just instantly call it monstrous. I get that Oculus is trying to make the bugs seem interesting, but I'd argue that they're interesting enough, and the ability to see them so close is beyond interesting. But with that said, Micro Monsters is still a phenomenal VR series with so many powerful indications of VR's potential. So in summary, here are the three components of Micro Monsters that I just analyzed. First, it's that you don't need a 360-degree camera to make compelling VR content. Second, it's that VR allows one to focus more closely on the aesthetic object rather than how it's framed or composed. And lastly, by altering the perceived size of the object, you're also altering the perceived size of the viewer. And that sense of perspective can change how the viewer relates to the object. All of these have so much interesting potential of how the future directors of virtual reality films will shape the art form, and I can't wait to see what comes next. So thanks for listening, stay tuned, and have a good day.